On Personally Speaking this week, our guest is Christine Ebersole, great actress, great singer, two-time winner of the Tony Award. Stay with us. Welcome to Personally Speaking. I'm your host, Monsignor Jim Lasanti. And Tony, award-winning actress and singer, Christine Ebersole, joins me now. Christine's dual role of Edith Beale and Little Edie in Grey Gardens won her a Tony Award for Best Actress in a Musical. Her other memorable New York roles include the hit revival of 42nd Street, her Tony-nominated performance of Elizabeth Arden in War Paint, and her Tony-nominated performance in Dinner at Eight. Christine's film credits include Amadeus and The Wolf of Wall Street. She was a regular cast member of Saturday Night Live, and Christine currently stars in the Chuck Lorre hit CBS sitcom, Bob Hart's Abishola. Christine has a new album out available through Club 44 Records called After the Ball, which features American classics by composers Jerome Kern to Joni Mitchell. The new recording finds Christine reflecting on life, love, and family now that the last of her three children has flown the nest. She's here with us today to talk about that, as well as about her career, her family, and the faith and values that sustain her. Joining me now, I'm so pleased to welcome back to Personally Speaking, actress and award-winning singer, Christine Ebersole. Before we get to our interview with Christine, let's listen to her singing. This is a cut from her new album called After the Ball. It's wonderful, it's you should care for Sawful nights, paradise, swan I love to see. You made me feel so glamorous. You can't blame me for feeling amorous, so amorous, so wonderful. All right, I'm going to talk today with our guest, Christine Ebersole, about many of the loves of her life. One of the great acts of uh, love is that she put a lot of time and energy into an album that she's produced recently called After the After the Ball, right? And I, yes. I'm, I'm wanting you to tell me how you decided to make the album, why you decided to make the album, and specifically the song choices. We will have played before the interview uh, a clip from It's Wonderful. Um, and I'm just wondering how you came to decide on this particular theme, after the ball? Uh, well, I decided on it because um, my children, we became empty nesters. The children all left for college. Okay. And that, as I was nearing my dotage. <laughs> so that's really what it's from. Okay. So it comes that out of the inspiration. You know, what are you like? What is your identity? in a way mm -hmm. so it's a time of self-reflection and a time of looking back not only on them as children but also yourself as as a child 
Christine, one of our, for our listeners and watchers who may not know the, uh, one of the things that's kind of striking about Christine is that she adopted not once, not twice, but three times, three beautiful children. I mentioned that because uh, not long ago we had uh, Kristen Chenoweth on and she talked about, uh, you know, meeting her birth mother and asking her adoptive mother mm -hmm. who was a problem. And her birth, her adoptive mother said, no, 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 no problem at all. She said, because uh, that woman gave you life and I gave you a life and you gave a life to these three kids. Um, mm -hmm. Would you, would you do it all over again? Of course. <laughs> of course I would. <laughs> that was, that was the right answer. Why did you ask that question? I want to, I want to know why you asked that. I, well, I, I will tell you why I asked it. To be honest with you, a lot of my friends who have adopted uh, have found themselves, to be honest, particularly with adoption from other countries, inheriting children with complex difficulties that they didn't know about ahead of time and spending most of their, their time with their children, not just raising them and loving them and enjoying them, but trying to un uncomplicate the lives of the children. Uh, and, and so if you look back on the experience of raising these three kids as a mostly joyous, good, positive experience, that's not always everybody's experience. And I'm just wondering for you, is it okay, a positive? So yeah. here's the thing. Here's a built-in. Okay. Here's the built-in. They're adopted. Yes. So you're, you're, that, that's, that's its own unique set of uh, emotional, mm -hmm. physical, uh, spiritual, uh, you know, what it's, what's, what's contained in that. Yeah. And they're all from broken homes. Yeah. And so I don't know. I wasn't adopted. So, I mean, I can only imagine the um, that sense of abandonment. And uh, and I know, I mean, I didn't have any illusions about it. Mm -hmm. I knew that I could never give them what was taken from them. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't, they couldn't ever grow inside of me, but if they didn't grow inside of me, that's, uh, they wouldn't be them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be them. Yeah. Different DNA. Yeah. So, um, and everything else. So that's a given. So, so rather than, uh, thinking about it in terms of just sort of random, the randomness. Mm -hmm. of what our culture teaches us about, uh, you know, when you say lucky, that implies like a throw of the dice. And yeah. that I, ne I never use like to use that word, because I don't I don't believe in that. Mm -hmm. I believe that God has a plan. And uh, we can never know the mind of God. But we can just try to be obedient to his word and to uh, follow um his guidance so in terms of uh these children it wasn't just a random thing that they mm -hmm. that they because god knows us before the formation of the world so he knows he knows every fiber on our heads yeah. every fiber of hair on our heads before the formation of the world now you can't conceptualize that you can't get behind the mind you can't understand the mind of god so you can only trust in the mind of god and know that he had a plan and has a plan 
So whatever the circumstances that those children were born in it and whatever difficulties that they, that, that, you know, because we all have difficulties that we have to overcome, but the difficulties that they've had to overcome in their life, it is, it is what God has planned. Mm -hmm. And these difficulties offer us um, an opportunity to draw closer to him through adversity, through these trials. Uh, that's I, I I absolutely know that it's not even believing it. I know it to be true. And so whatever um, difficulties that that we faced as a family and individually, uh, God is offering us an opportunity to do, to draw closer to one another and to draw closer to Him. Christine, let me ask you, you know, you and Bill taking on these three children and raising them, uh, I'm big into family of origin and its impact on us. Marion and Robert, your parents, what did you learn from them years ago that came in handy in, try- in terms of trying to effectively raise the three children you adopted? I don't know. I mean, they really had, uh, they were very solid people. Mm-hmm. You know, my mother and father were very good parents. I mean, you know, certainly nobody's perfect but uh they they were very good at guiding us to um you know a code of conduct i suppose Mm -hmm. you know how to conduct your life and uh, certainly the work ethic was there um but it was always sort of um and they weren't really, you know, they were, it was very utilitarian and sort of how you can be useful in life. I don't know if that answers it, but it's, um, no, it does. It does. You you learn from them and hopefully you're doing the same thing with your children. And speaking of, uh, the good man that you've raised them with, uh, you know, I, I, you and I talked once before years ago and I, I was intrigued by your answer. Then I wonder how it's changed. I often wonder how people ever come to, to be married. Um, because all you know is the, the past in terms of the dating date years, but you have no idea what the future holds. So I ask every couple I marry, you know, share with me in writing, why, of all the people in the world, why is this the one you think you're meant to spend the rest of your life with? What, what, does, what does Bill bring to the experience of family life, married life? Uh, why did you choose him? He's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and he's good looking. Okay. And, <laughs> and um he's stable. Mhm. Those are great things. No, those are great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we better we should get a copy of the show and let him know that you still think he's good looking, which is wonderful. I like to hear that. <laughs> he is. I just think I was just saying that to a friend last night when he came into the restaurant and I was from a distance. I just looked at my friend and I said, "He's very good looking." You know? <laughs> after I, 35 years together that's terrific so, no that's good yeah. and the important thing is that he's a good looking guy to you which is the most important <laughs> thing of all you know now you probably wouldn't remember this but i found it intriguing when we talked years ago you said you know that while i'm not catholic i have a lot of catholic stuff around my house and you've mentioned having a statue of a yes Saint i Major. don't have i don't have that so much anymore okay what happened to mary's statue? was it mary or saint francis of assisi or Who'd you have? It was, it was Mary, and I, I do have St. Francis of Assisi in uh, the yard. Okay. okay. Uh, 
a statue of that in the yard. Um, but because, because six years ago, I became a born-again Christian. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did I, did I not the statues? You know that. <laughs> <laughs> no idol worship. That's the first commandment, or the second one, anyway. Yeah, we, we don't see it as idol worship. It, it just directs people. Like, outside my church is a grotto, because um, this is Our Lady of Lourdes in Massapequa Park, New York. And there's a statue of Our Lady and Bernadette. And people come at all hours of the night, and it just focuses them. I think they know that Our Lady is in heaven. They know, certainly, that Bernadette's in heaven. But it, it gives them a place to go and just away from all distractions and just focus on let me talk to Our Lady. Let me talk to Our Lord Jesus. Let me talk to Mary. Um, you know, without without uh, the distraction of, of regular life. But anyway, uh, you know what? I'm I'm glad to hear anyone is into uh, having a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. So I'm very very glad about your encounter with Christ. For the sake of uh, clarity, I was saying that while we don't in any way worship statues, but that it does give people a focus on the Mother of God or on Jesus. And so if they pray in the presence of a statue, it's just to direct them up to heaven. But I'm just happy to hear that you have had a personal encounter with Christ. Anytime it happens, it's wonderful. Pope John Paul II used to say that every path to God is a good path, and we've got to honor each other's path, whether it be through the Catholic Church or born-again Christians. But but let, let's go back for a second. We were talking a moment ago about Robert and Mary and your parents. What was your experience, Christine, growing up in terms of faith? Oh, gosh. Um well, my, my father was Mennonite oh, and my okay. mother was Methodist, but they became Unitarians. You oh, know, <laughs> you know, I know it's, you know, you know how, you know, it's one God at the most, right? Uh, <laughs> you know how you, you know how you get rid of a Unitarian. Tell me. Uh, you burn a question mark on his lawn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and for our Unitarian listeners, uh, Christine loves everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's true, isn't it? Well, it is true. But now, how did they, with that beautiful blend of of faith backgrounds, how did they raise you? One God at the most. One God at the most. Okay, <laughs> all right. That's why I was. That's why I was like, oh, you know, it didn't okay. do it for me. You know, right, so that, right. But you know, that's why I was so attracted to the you know the theatricality of the Catholic Church. My my. My dearest friends, the O'Maras, eight children, mm. uh, sh they went to Mass every Sunday and invited me along. So I went to Mass, too. Wow. Okay. And, um, and uh, okay. you know, well, I, was, I was very conflicted about, you know, becoming a, a Catholic when mm -hmm. I was eight years old. I thought I need, I need to convert to Catholicism. <laughs> okay. Well, this experience of... So I was of, pondering these things at a young age. Yeah, a lot of people don't wrestle with that till later on. So yeah. a, few, a few years ago when you embraced the whole born-again experience, how did that happen? Well, it's hard to describe really because it's nothing I did. Uh, it was just... Um, it's almost like being struck by lightning in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, where I think I was coming from, you know, more of a new age kind of a philosophy. Right. And uh, there was an experience I had when a movie I did that was kind of harrowing. And uh, it just, 
things that I didn't, it was like, I did, it's like that song, Amazing Grace, you know, um, I once was lost, but now I'm found, Mm -hmm. I was blind, but now I see, um, and that saved a wretch like me because I, I think, you know, I think for the, it was the precipice, the crossroads was from unbelief to belief that I became a believer and I kind of, it was really through the grace of God. It was nothing I did really. It was God's Mm -hmm. grace that he showed me. He, he, he lifted the veil from my eyes and gave me clarity where there was so much confusion before. Right. And I think I, and I really thought I was trying to, you know, manage it all by myself. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to bother God kind of thing. You know what I mean? Right, it's like, right, right. It's like I, I I can do it myself, but it's not, uh, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Christine Ebersol is our guest. Christine, you know, the hardest prayer for any Christian, Catholic or otherwise, it seems to me, is always uh, taking seriously the words of the, the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. How well or how poorly does Christine Ebersol actually adsum? open her arms and say, Lord, whatever your will is, I'm okay with it. Are you good at that? Well, that's the whole um, clarification of being saved Mm -hmm. is that you understand what you didn't understand before. That really is, and it's putting your faith and trust in God. That, that is, that's the mark of being saved mm-hmm. is that you, you know that before you didn't know it yeah. because you didn't really believe it or believe that really God, you know, could be bothered with you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he understanding that he wants us yeah. for his own, you know, but yeah. he can't, be he can't take the ones that don't believe in him do you know what i mean <laughs> so um and, and it's sort of like it's it's the it's not it's not so much a re, it's not a religion you know b- believing that the bible is in the inerrant word of god which i never believed before mm-hmm. it was kind of a cafeteria style thing well i like this part i like this part i don't like that <laughs> right so, right but um you know, that understanding that the, that the, the whole of the Bible is the inerrant word of God. And when you're saved by his grace, you, you want to be pleasing to God. Mm-hmm. You want to be pleasing. You want, you don't want to sin because it's, it, you want to ha- establish that relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's like, sin no more it doesn't mean that you don't because we're human beings we still sin but we're able to recognize it hopefully you know what i mean yeah so to be asked god to forgive us for our shortcomings our failings our sins and not think oh there is no sin you know there's no such thing mm-hmm. it's just sort of whatever you know whatever you however you want to live i mean that's just you know, that's what, that's what they said, where, where God put the period on in mm-hmm. Genesis three, you know, where he said, don't, don't eat from the, when he said to Adam and Eve, don't eat from the tree of life because you'll die. Right. You know, 
um, where he put the period on it. He said, don't do that. The serpent said, did God really say that? (laughs) He puts the question mark on it. See, so Mm -hmm. he, he he's there to make you doubt God and the power and the sovereignty and the omniscience of God. Christine, what you're saying also involves obviously a a disposition of humility before God, knowing that everything I am, everything I hope to be, uh, he's the source. So I don't take credit for it because I realize I am who he made me to be. I mentioned that because when I say to people like I did yesterday to a couple of actors from New York, because we have tons of actors on a program like this, you know, Christine Ebersole is going to be our guest. Everyone says the same thing, that even while in uh, war paint, she may have played one of the great divas. The truth of the matter is she's not personally. Before you discovered this personal encounter with Jesus, you've always had a kind of humility in terms of being normal, down to earth, not too impressed with yourself. Where does that come from in you? I think that comes from my background. You know, my mother grew up on a farm in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. So she, you know, her, her, it just, you know, she milked the cows. (laughs) (laughs) That'll keep you humble. Yeah. The the eggs from the hen house and just that, just that, the simplicity of like, and, you know, she, she was an incredible cook and like baked her own bread. And I mean, just that's that simple, you know, connection to God's creation and, and nature and just sort of what is, what she would, she would highlight that. Yeah. Like, have you ever seen a bluer sky? That kind of thing, you know? Right, right. Just, you know, just remark on the, look at the, look at the leaf on that. Look at how that leaf is just, how does it know how to do that? You know, how to <laughs> right. make that shape, you know? <laughs> so it's like, the, just the magnificence of God's creation and the simplicity of that and how that and then how God provided us with all this amazing, amazing mm-hmm this earth that he gave us i mean it's the it's the center of it all it's just mind-blowing you know yeah so i think that's that you know that kind of simplicity they never were they weren't fancy people right you know they they passed that on to you so even though you have many talents and abilities uh you you remembered where you came from who were the founders of your life your parents and our god now relate related to that that sense of uh that humility and the closeness you have had to your mom. Uh, for our listeners, before the program began, Christine and I were comparing notes. Her mom lived to be 100. My mom's 102 yeah. now. I mentioned that awesome. because some people think that if your parents live a long time, that it must be easy then to let them go. I- I'm not thinking that's true, but you've actually no. lived through it. Your mom was part no. of the fabric she, of your life. Yeah, and she lived with us for 10 years. Ah, Okay. And then when she was 95, you know, she wasn't her, her bedroom was up on the third floor. And when she was 95, she wasn't able to walk up the stairs anymore. And, oh, Mm -hmm. it was, it was like the hardest thing I think I ever had to do. But I was grateful because the actor's home in Englewood, New Jersey, um, was because of my union status being an actor's equity that, um. I was able to get her in there and ah. she lived there for five years. Let's talk about one, one other aspect of our future. Then we'll close our interview. And it's this, I love that passage in the gospel of John, where I shall see you again. And when I see you again, our hearts will be filled with a joy that no one can take from us. Uh, the words of Christ talking about the life to come. I, I know because you're a believer, you know, there is a life to come. Do you have any insight into uh, uh, what's ahead for you? Uh, like, Will, will you see mom and dad and all those people you love and have lost again? 
what will life be like in glory? Do you have any particular spiritual insight into? I can't even fathom mm -hmm. how amazing it's going to be. I can't fathom it. Yeah. I can't fathom it. Yep. But it, this is the uh, blessed assurance, uh, assurance that I know um, who I serve. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm not afraid. Yeah. I'm not afraid. And every morning when I wake up, it's like, <laughs> I'm alive. You know? <laughs> I got I'm another day. I got another day. another day above the dirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because we're not promised tomorrow. No. And I, this year has been really hard in a sense of just losing so many friends. And I lost my brother. Oh, my gosh. Uh. That was so hard. Yeah. so hard i still it's like a night now i'm gonna start to cry about it but i mean you know we're not promised tomorrow no so seize so, each day grab each day yeah. live each day fully and so but i'm so grateful that uh again i god has blessed me so much because i was so grateful that that um i got to see him before he left and I told him everything. There was not a word left unsaid. I sang to him the same thing with my father. I sang to them and sang all these, you know, wonderful hymns of, you know, I'll fly away and swing low sweet chariot and, you know, Jacob's ladder and all that stuff. We're just all those hymns of, of going to paradise that, uh, you know, I was able to to share with him. And yeah. um, so, you know, I can, even though I'm upset by the <laughs> fact that he's gone, I can, I can be um, grateful that I mm. had him yep. for the time I did. So I can't be anything but grateful that I had my brother for the time that I had him. Yeah. Even and, though uh, I wish that he was still here. Sure. I, you know, uh, I have the privilege of being a, Mother Irish, uh, father Italian, and I love an Italian that when they leave somebody they love, they say Arrivederci, which means until we meet again. And yeah. that, that's yeah. the whole story for us Christians, until we meet again. And, uh, and Christine, yeah. thanks so much for being on the program again. Uh, I, I hope the album sells a million copies. Everyone loves your acting and <laughs> stuff. But, but most importantly, uh, just to hear someone talk comfortably openly unapologetically about uh, their love for jesus and the life to come mm -hmm. uh, what a, mm -hmm. what a what a gift you are and uh, uh if you find that statue of mary back on your lawn it means i put it there okay so just... <laughs> <laughs> no no mary was never on the lawn mary oh, mary's, okay. <laughs> mary's in the in, no mary and i and i mean this in a nice way mary's there's like an altar in the guest bathroom oh okay mary's <laughs> on the altar there so good good i'm i'm happy to hear no, that i didn't depart with mary that's what <laughs> Christine Eversol, thank you for being a guest on our show. As we end today's program, I want to thank you all for being with us. If you need to reach me, you can write me at personallyspeakingpodcast at gmail.com. You can also go to this show or past episodes by going on YouTube and searching on the Personally Speaking with Monsignor Gimosanti, where you'll be able to watch shows as well. And please don't forget to click like and subscribe. Personally Speaking is also on Facebook at Personally Speaking with Monsignor Gimosanti. We're also now on Instagram at Personally Speaking Podcast. I'm privileged to serve as host and executive producer, Personally Speaking. Our producer is Lisa Jandovitz. Thanks so much for joining us. 
We'll be with you again next time on Personally Speaking.